what a beautiful topic to start the year with this podcast. Because if we are going to put into practice all these beautiful things of Christmas, that means, Brother you were saying, faith? Faith, virtue, and knowledge of God. Well, beautiful. What else we can we need, Father? No, precisely. <laughs> this is what we need to give to uh, to the infant Jesus. We need to follow the example of this uh, Magi and uh, to give him what he really deserves. Hmm? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because from his people, his own people, he just have shepherds that come. That's it. But from the pagans, he has kings. <laughs> but today we're going to try to explain. So why is Epiphany so important for a Catholic person? Let's start by the by the word itself. The word Epiphany. Welcome to Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. Salve Maria, welcome our audience to this episode of the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. Salve Maria, Father Arthur. Salve Maria. Salve Maria, Brother Justin. Salve Maria. Um, Well, as announced today, we're talking about the epiphany. And I have to confess, I'm going to play a little bit, no, the, the, the role of some audience that are not that familiar with epiphany. So let's start with the most important question. Why is epiphany? So, because we know it may be the name of a parish, maybe, you know, we also know more or less, right, that it's related to our Lord. But today we're going to, no, try to explain. So, Father, um, Brother Justin, why is epiphany so important for a Catholic person? Let's start by the, by the word itself. The word epiphany is a Greek word that means manifestation. To manifest something, to make it public, to make it known, to make it, uh, you know, that everybody can see it. But Christmas wasn't already the manifestation, no, and that's it? No, because our Lord, our, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ came in a very discreet way, in a very uh, small uh, place, just for Mary and Joseph. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a few be- shepherds. And a few shepherds. So uh, Jesus didn't come for the world in the beginning, he came for them. And this is something fantastic. That that night was something absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. Very likely they couldn't s- sleep that night now because Mary and Joseph <laughs> were so amazed with this uh, baby. Yeah. So is the Epiphany more related to the Magi King's appearance, like kings of this yes. world, Gentiles? So uh, is the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ to those kings that represent humanity? Mm. They represented the Gentiles. And the Genesis in particular, yeah, of course. The, in a sense, our Lord already came for the chosen people, yeah. but they not, they're not there. They're, they're they, not there. They, they failed exactly. at this point. Well, it's just Mary and Joseph, yes. That's they they represent... But uh, they represented the faithful exactly. with the shepherds, mm-hmm. who were the least um, respected group, yeah. you could say, in the in the Jewish community. But the, the, the lowest level as possible, yeah? I'd be a Nothing shepherd. Lower. It is beautiful that it was Bethlehem, and who was, uh, who was also an individual who was youngest son, and he wasn't even called when they came to anoint the king, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't, they went, they said, oh, yeah, we have one more boy, he's in the field with the, sh- with the sheep, but eh, he's a boy who's, he was, and then the Lord spoke, to the prophet and said, you don't sit until you get that boy. And then they anointed the boy. So that's really important. But this is the Gentiles. Yes. 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 But so the, the arrival of the Gentiles is fascinating. Of course. Because yes. that changes the whole scenario. Everything has been low-key until now, and all of a sudden they arrive. 
life. But something very, very important too, if, if we are not familiar with the Holy Land, we tend to think that Jerusalem is like 300 kilometers away and Bethlehem, no, it's just there in the middle. But the distance between Jerusalem and Bethlehem is about 12, 15 kilometers. Of course. So there we go. Uh, what happened to the people in Jerusalem? Because at that moment, everybody, it's not that, oh, Messiah will come one day, you know, or whatever. No, no, no. The Messiah, it was imminent. Everybody knew by the prophecies of Daniel, no, and everybody. Exactly. Uh, it was imminent. So there is a rumor, and nobody goes there. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, because this caravan of the Magis, you know, was a huge caravan. It was an enormous amount of uh, camels and, and maybe other animals and sheep, maybe because they, they, they were bringing their food. food. Exactly. So, so to... Uh, for a city as Jerusalem, uh, such an amount of uh, uh, delegations, such of that number, so, so big, everybody knew that they had come. Everybody. But even in the gospel account, it does tell us that all mm -hmm. of Jerusalem was in oh, rancor. Of course. The high priests were, the king was, everyone was in rancor. So it wasn't that no one, people were ignorant of this arrival, right? It also, the chief priests and the scribes knew this because the Messiah was no. linked to this arrival of of camels that would cover them. They'd be like in a multitude of camels. And camels were the expensive animals. They were not yeah. cheap mules and things like that. So this was this is a fault. And I it wasn't that. that far away. It was and that's really important. It wasn't that far away. It wasn't like it was so far that yeah yeah. And what's really sad, we were we were talking about this earlier, saying, you know, let's say, okay, they didn't know. Then get up and move. Mm -hmm. The Messiah is there. <laughs> go check <Move>. it out. <laughs> maybe it's no. not. Maybe it's, it is. They don't go. They don't Nothing. go. And they tell them the 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 Jewish authorities of the time. They tell those magic uh, uh, kings that he was going to be born in Bethlehem because they they come saying, "Look, we, we came to worship your king." Huh? And yeah, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. And 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 when you do see him, come back and tell us. Terrible. Where's their interest? Where's their enthusiasm? Where's where's anything? There's, it's vacant. And people at that time they knew the scriptures very well. Of it's course. not like our our you know, regular Catholic person who doesn't read the Bible at all, right? They know. They knew the prophets very well. They knew Isaiah, sixty goes there and says the dromedaries of Median are going to come and they are going to announce him. And is this is it wasn't the scriptures happening? Yeah. No. So it's very nice that they don't come back to Jerusalem. They go back on another way. Hmm? But being directed by whom? By the by star. angels. Yeah, by the angels. Don't the angels. go back. They're not yeah. worthy. They're not worthy. Don't go back. And these ones will become early Christian apostles. They will convert others. They will okay. promote churches. And their relics are presently in Cologne mm. Cathedral in Germany. And so they, they are the first ones to venerate the infant Jesus as a king and as a god. Because they know that he is the son of God. And it's this is reflected is by the most expensive gifts they brought. Oh, yes. Because uh, each one represents, but also gold, frankincense, myrrh. Can we clarify exactly which one represents what? Of course, so that, gold that be nice. is because he is a uh, king. Hmm? So the kings, you know, they, they, were, they used gold in order to, to express and to manifest their kingship, their authority. Then uh, uh, frankincense, it was a reserve for gods, 
for worship, for worship this of God. Mistaken. No, was it a mistake? No, 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 it wasn't. So, so they they knew perfectly that he was a, a god. So they they bring the incense in order to venerate him as a god, but he is a mysterious god no? because he's going to suffer. So they're also going to bring the symbol of suffering, hmm. uh, which yeah. is which is the mirror. Hmm? He's he's going to manifest himself. Our Lord Jesus Christ came to the world to manifest himself as a god, as a king, and as a suffering person. I have a quote here from Saint Augustine, and uh, always with Saint Augustine, it's always fascinating. It always gives a different way of looking at things. He says the Magi as you have heard, were the first to adore Christ as God, led to the place by a star. Prostrating themselves, they adored and offered gifts. Let us also, they say, go to adore. Let us adore. Then, my brethren, but you're asking, adore what? Adore and hold in honor Christ present. Mm -hmm. This is very important. And I, what I love about it is that when you hear Augustine talk like this, he sounds like a person from today. Yeah, and we're going much. back to the 400s, oh. the 5th century. And it's very nice because uh, when they come, the infant Jesus, where is he? He's on Mary's lap, hmm? on, on, her, on her arms. Hmm? So they worship the infant of this woman. So maybe they... they they might have, you know, uh, have a tremendous impression of who is this uh, this woman because uh, she's the mother of this God. But also in the manner that she's holding the infant in her lap, mm -hmm. that reckons back to the image from the time of Exodus in which we have the Ark of the Covenant. Exactly. Holding the presence of God. And that's very important because this very prefigurement rings true to any faithful Jew. Of course, of course. And actually, when you look at the, dif the different passages of the history of Israel, we have to write to the conclusion, the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches us that, no? that unfortunately, Israel was never faithful. No? And it's a, somehow con a contradiction, because the Psalms tell everything about you know, Israel as such, and on the other hand, it never happens. And so much so that between Adam and Eve, and our Lord, we have seven, well, six broken covenants. No, no one broken after the other, so it's six. But then Our Lady, she is the one that represents Israel. Of course. The one said, you are saying, okay. She's the unsullied Israel. Yes. There we go. So in reality, the Psalms are not wrong. No. They come to be fulfilled in the person of Our Lady. In her. So in order to understand them, you have to, to apply them to her. She's the most perfect and, and daughter Jesus. of Israel that yeah. brings Israel to <coughs> the, the, the peak. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. There's another quote from St. John Damascene, um, which had a great devotion to Our Lady in, mm -hmm. this, in the 7th century. Um, he says, As the Magi, so do we adore the child born of the Virgin, the most powerful God. As they presented gifts, so do we present in his temple, not gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but offerings of greater worth, faith, virtue, and knowledge of God. So at this point, they're already translating the gifts, and they mm -hmm. want to put themselves, all those who are faithful Christians, as those kings. They become a symbol of us. So what a beautiful topic to start the year. 
with his podcast because if we are going to put into practice all these beautiful things of Christmas, that means, Brother Justin, you were saying, faith? Faith, virtue, and knowledge of God. Well, beautiful. beautiful. What else we can we need, Father, no? Precisely. <laughs> this is what we need to give to, uh, to the infant Jesus. We need to follow the example of this uh, Magi and uh, to give him what he really deserves. Hmm? Because we're going to... Be we're presently encountering Christ as an infant, but also liturgically, we're we're also seeing Christ who is being baptized in the Jordan, and starting his life. Okay, yes. but can we stop there for a moment? Because okay, what's the what would be then the 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 link, let's say, you know, between the adoration of the of the kings and the baptism? How yes. do we how do we bring that? Well, two feasts the are, same are feast. together. Yeah, it's the same feast. It's the same feast. It's uh -huh. the same feast. Uh -huh. Because both feast. are manifestations. Okay. Yeah. He's now presenting himself to the Jewish people mm -hmm. yeah. who were not there at the first time. Exactly. But look, here I am again. It's the same it's the same God of the Old Testament. Knocking again. Exactly. Knocking, 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 knocking. Insisting. I'm not listening. I'm knocking. And God the Father saying, This is my son. In case you had any doubts. Exactly. You missed the first calling. This is No, I'm just saying, because it is the same feast day. Yeah. No, yes. because most of our contemporaries tend to not tend to associate yeah, so said, okay, the adoration of the Magic Kings, beautiful paintings, no? So you have the Magic Kings, no, like Kings, real. And then they are kneeling in front of a baby Jesus, which is phenomenal. It's Our Lady there, St. Joseph. No, the painting is there. And all of a sudden, we tend to think, okay, the, then our Lord is like 30 years old, and now he's been baptized, right? So, but no, we invite life. everybody to now yeah, connect this, that yeah, part. Connect right? those two elements, really. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because from his people, his own people, he just have shepherds that come. But from the pagans, he has kings. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a beautiful analogy. Eh? But now, if we go to the baptism of our Lord, what would be the points that we can translate today for those who are listening to us, that they can bring home and say, mm, okay, the baptism of our Lord has this meaning and this symbology. So what can we say about that? Because as he took on himself or, his, or our sins, so he had to be forgiven. He has to be baptized. He has to be washed. No, to be to be to be taken into the water and taken uh, up again. But it's interesting. Saint John the Baptist actually says that very doubt. Why are we doing this? Yeah, you should exactly. be doing this to of me. Of course, <laughs> I have. This, this doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And he says, "We must fulfill all righteousness. This needs to be done. Why? Because he was instituting a sacrament. Of course, exactly." He didn't need baptism. No, neither did Our Lady. But he needed to do it so that next, the next generation would also do. And he, he was baptized. He's the first one to be baptized. Huh? <laughs> he, he wants to give us the example that he himself, even though he's God, he's being baptized for us because he took our, our humanity with our sins. All the brokenness. But also he gives us matter and form because he gives us water. He's present, the Holy Spirit's mm -hmm. present, and the Father is speaking. So we have, it's a baptism in the Trinity. In the Trinity. Let's go to a short Beautiful. break, and then we come back with more meanings about the baptism, because this is super important. Now, if we manage to connect the adoration of the Magic Kings with the baptism of our Lord, and at the same time all this significance, stay until the end, because there are more things coming. Just go for a break, and we are back. Salve Maria. I'm Father Ryan Murphy of the Heralds of the Gospel. And I'm delighted to extend an invitation to each and every one of you. In the midst of our busy lives, it's crucial to take a moment of reflection, of solace, and of prayer.
And so I would like to personally invite you to join us every day at 3 p.m. for a special and powerful devotion, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. The Divine Mercy Chaplet is a beautiful prayer that embodies the boundless compassion of our Lord. It's a time to come together as a community, regardless of where we are, and lift up our intentions, our hopes, and even our burdens to the heart of Jesus. Imagine all around the world, countless voices, uniting in prayer at this very hour. It's a moment of connection, of spiritual unity, and of seeking God's mercy in a troubled world. So mark your calendars, set your alarms, and make a commitment to join us each day at 3 p.m. Tune in and experience the transformative power of the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Let this be a sanctuary of peace amidst the noise of life. And thank you for being a part of our Heralds Canada YouTube channel. Together, let's embark on this journey of faith, hope, and mercy. I'm looking forward to praying with you every day at 3 p.m. May God's love and mercy shine upon you always. And until we meet again, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So welcome back to the second part of the program today. And we were talking about the baptism father. And at the same time, with Brother Justin, we were remembering the fathers of the church. Now there is also a saint, Saint Maximus, right, Brother Justin? Yes. That we can connect this phenomenally because we were saying, you no, know, most of us have that difficulty of connecting between the adoration of the Magic Kings and the actual baptism of our Lord. But in reality, this is what is celebrated in this beautiful feast of the. Exactly. Uh, I think for a lot of people, they end up with this image of the baby. He's very cute, very nice, and then you have adult Jesus, and they can't. They don't really connect the two. It's sort of like it's a broken. It's it's a it's a broken element of of catechesis. Um, but the, it's the same person. And as you've been uh, noting, um, they're both in epiphany. He's coming again. He's knocking at their door of their soul, trying to get them to respond. The first time he gets the lowest of the low, he gets the shepherds. This time he comes to people who are looking for a, a solution to their lives, mm -hmm. acknowledging their sins, and institutes the beautiful sacrament of baptism. Uh, Maximus, who is a confessor um, and an early Eastern father, uh, has an interesting line about the Magi. He says, The Magi traveled and reached the goal, recognizing that the star was the fulfillment of Balaam's prophecy. A star shall rise out of Jacob. A man shall spring out of Israel. What's fascinating about this quote is that they... Gentiles recognize this prophecy made for Israel while Israel failed to see it. The mystery of uh, <laughs> mystery. mystery of mankind. No, of, but there is also blindness. another analogy that is given by some uh, fathers of a church because it says, okay, there is also a root that starts in baptism, then immediately our Lord goes to uh, crosses Jericho, goes to the Mount of Temptation, spends 40 days and 40 nights uh, basically you not know, doing penance, and only after starts his public life. No, and, and they say that this is exactly what we should think because, not because, I mean, when we start our Christian life, 
through baptism. That doesn't mean everything is going to be rosy colored and everything is going to go fine. When, whenever we, we receive a grace, in this case symbolized by baptism, mm -hmm. we need to remember that immediately we will have to go through harsh times. And then only after that is when the moment comes in which we can you know, transmit to others uh, more things. But that baptism penance starting, it was on purpose so that our Lord could teach us how is the true uh, path of a Catholic. Beautiful. That's mm -hmm. a perfect beginning. Huh? So um, he, um, he takes the sins that uh, on himself because he's going to restore humanity and because of this he's going to produce all the good things and all the holiness that will exist you know till the end of times come from there come from the fact that uh, he um, he has um, taken uh, everything on him and uh, he uh, is going to be uh, forgiven on our behalf and he's going to be filled with the holy spirit the holy spirit will come on him and then everything will flow. Uh, there's a quote here from St. John Damascene. Again, a great mystic, great devotee of Our Lady, a great devotee of Our Lady. How is everything connected to Our Lady, you know? Yeah. Yes, he of had course. an interesting line here, which is fascinating, because we might look at, um, fall into the a heresy of works, and say, uh, the wise men were good because they went, they traveled to Bethlehem, and they saw Jesus, and then we don't know anything else, but then they're saints. They were practical men. So they did they did something practical and it mm -hmm. worked out. St. John Damascene says something very interesting. He says, The wise men, therefore, are called just because they did not, they looked not to the signs of earth, but for a star that could be seen in the heavens. Beautiful. They are called wise because they sought not earthly, but the heavenly king. Fantastic. So yeah. you're talking about a spiritual life. You're talking about that this was just the the underlining of a life of struggle, a life of your the temp, the amount of temptation. So it wasn't by chance mm -hmm. that they did what they did. It was a product of life. And that's a mistake that some people have, right? They they think, no, don't worry, at the end I'll make everything right and I'll be good. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. It's a result. It's a net sum. And we, when we actually focus on the person of Our Lady, you know, because many of our contemporaries nowadays, thanks be to God, will we say um, there are about two million people that have done the consecration to Our Lady. You know? And Our Lady is so central. She is there presenting the child Jesus, right? And then later on in the adoration of the Magi, but then later on, of course, right? she must have been around you know, when the baptism happened. Of course. You know, for sure. Oh, but that, that uh, let's say, that starting, receiving graces, then we go through harsh times and finally we, we start being assigned for others. That also happens when people do the consecration. Mm -hmm. How many of, of we, we know, you know, the experiences that people tell us that you do the consecration, then you think, oh, now everything is going to be fine. And then all of a sudden everything starts going wrong, right? Um, because God allows that. And those are the 40 days and 40 nights of, of trials and temptations. And then only later on, if we really persevere, you know, is what. And many people do the consecration, then, I don't know, they lose the job. <laughs> the others, I don't know, they have the basement flooded, the house flooded. Disaster, typical disasters like that. But then, uh, if we persevere, then we start receiving many, many graces. And actually, if we go through, and many are unfortunately afraid and they abandon 
no? Oh, yes. Their consecration, yeah. abandon their devotion to Our Lady, and they say, oh, well, maybe, you know, worse things will happen. So they get intimidated. The, the seed that falls, you know, on bad terrain, oh. because they, they don't really uh, appreciate what they are receiving. Hmm? But it's interesting, the, the image of the seed, because actually sometimes we receive something, that it looks very small, hmm? <laughs> but but actually we are receiving something enormous. Enormous. When when we um, we accept something that comes from uh, from uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, from Mary or from Saint Joseph, actually we are receiving something that has no end, because whatever they give us is not something that they're going to give us, you know, for a certain time, and that's uh, that will be it will be over. No, no, no. It's something forever. Now we receive things that are uh, going to last forever. You know, for those pilgrims that go to the Holy Land, when you visit actually Bethany, where is you no know, where our Lord visited their uh, the, the the family, you no know, Saint Martha, Saint Magdalene, and her brother. Well, there is very typical. You still have the seeds of, of ah, yes. mustard that because the plants uh-huh. grow there, uh-huh. and the guys are very interesting. And at the moment, you no, know, they give you a, a, a seed just for you to to, oh, to no, remember. That's fantastic. I would like to keep a seed. So yeah. small. So, so tiny. So, so yeah. small. Yeah. It makes our mustard seeds look like giants. Oh, yes. They're tiny. You feel them in your hand. If you don't take care, they blow. So yeah. Yeah. But the idea that the faith of a mustard seed, you understand how small it is. Yeah. And that gives you a lot of hope because you say, well, if my faith is that tiny, I've got hope mm-hmm. still. Yeah. So the baptism. And this is the moment then when our Lord starts his, you know, his, his public life, when everything starts. And, and what a mystery baptism is. Absolutely. So you have the Trinity. Hmm? You have the, uh, the Father in the voice. You have the Dove, the Holy Spirit, and uh, Jesus, the, the second person of the Holy Trinity. And um, the, um, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ is going, therefore, to, to open his public life. But not anymore as, as, a, as a baby. As he did in the manifestation to the uh, to the Magi, then of course uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. We can say that, that at that moment he also started his public life. <laughs> he was a baby, but already you know he was receiving public uh, people and important people. He was receiving kings to come and to visit him. So he he was a. <laughs> it is uh, like this mystery fast forwards <laughs> the life of our yeah. for thirty years, no? Mm-hmm. And yet, is in essence, is the same. But uh, exactly. So then he starts again, but already as an adult, and uh, so he now he is really our example. Hmm? He becomes our example. We also need to to be baptized. We also need to get get prepared, get ready to sacrifice and prayer, etc. And then we'll accomplish our mission. Which our mission, the mission of each human being, is related to the mission of our Lord Jesus Christ. All the missions are summarized in him. There is a tremendous um, teaching in the catechism, no? uh, the word mystagogy. And mystagogy stands for symbolizing the presence of the invisible, invisible things. Exactly. No? Uh, and this is fantastic because if we're going to think, uh, at the moment in which you know a little baby is baptized, right, all the the different things that symbolize baptism in the Old Testament yes. happen again. So the crossing of the Red Sea, it happens again, you know, from the land of slavery to freedom. That's Augusta, yeah. 
the crossing of the Jordan again, you know, from uh, from the land of exile to it, everything happens through water. Noah, no, Noah crossing and all of a sudden the, the whole earth is purified, right? Uh, at the same time when the Spirit of God was floating on the, on the waters and it was creation. Well, those four typologies. Of right? course, and we could connect with the message of, of Mary and Fatima hmm? when she says that there's going to uh, a big chastisement is going to come but then there's going to be a, a, a re-flourishment. That big chastisement is, is a sort of new baptism because the world has, has seen so much. We're in such a, a terrible state that we need a baptism, but it's going to be a baptism, you know, in the middle of big chastisement, fire maybe, you know, water, everything. It's and kind of an image like in the Old Testament when, when the people had fallen away far, they renewed the covenant. Mm -hmm. In the sense here that the chastisement in, uh, of that Fatima predicted is a renewal of that covenant. Of course it is. It is. Absolutely. But uh, Mary is going to redo this, uh, this covenant. But uh, humanity will have to go through a tremendous uh, uh, suffering. A tremendous transformation, a purification through purification, yeah. because if not, it's impossible. No? When the priest says, "I baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit," no, and all those mysteries come back, it's beautiful, no, because we also can add that uh, mystically somehow, no, yeah? the whole mankind needs a new baptism <laughs> in that sense. Yes, of course, it right? is. It is. And so the uh, the the infant who before original sin, in the mind of, of God, he, he was an image of God. Hmm? That image is being broken by, by sin, and then by baptism is being reestablished. Hmm? And uh, we receive this image, each one of us you know, receives uh, this image that has been printed in our, in our soul, the image of God, we are uh, done in the image of God himself, but this image is incomplete. And then we have to complete in us the image of God that God has uh, um, designated for us. So, there we go. Baptism is so fundamental and is at the same time uh, something of a mystery for the future. Of course it is. It well, is. how in this program we have connected <laughs> the three of them, no? Yes, that is exactly. very, very important because the more the audience can go and look and research and eventually expand on this idea, no, that that's this is the podcast is a conversation, no? And uh, when we invite everybody to research even further because of this conversation, I think that's a good mission for the of for course, the podcast. So if you want to find Jesus, go to Mary. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's there, no. And that's what the uh, the uh, the magic um, uh, king they they did. No, they they went to Mary and Joseph, and they find the the real king. Wonderful. So, Father, maybe you can bless our audience on these lines, and so that we all need graces to somehow understand these mysteries. Of that course, are so mystical too. No. So, intercession of the uh, of the Holy Family. And also of these uh, kings, which we know that they are, they are holy, they are, they are in heaven. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.